In today's show, we look ahead to Tuesday in the NBA. There are 10 games on. We look at streaming options. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And thank you also to all the YouTube subscribers that pushed me past 60,000 over the All-Star break. Next goal, 100. A little, little bit of a distance away, but let's get there. We'll get there soon. Let's talk about these 10 games for Tuesday warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bulls-Raptors. First game we're going to take a look at. The Raptors are four-point favorites in this one, and they are finally fully healthy, fully formed, and we get to see what happens with this rotation. Fred VanVleet is off the injury report, so he will be ready to go. We get to see what goes on. For the Bulls, Dragic is out, and um, Javante Green is out. On the Bulls side, I want to see the Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Patrick Beverly, Io DeSumo mix. Caruso has value if you need steals. Beverly has value if you need some out-of-position rebounds and some steals. White can be points and threes. But with all those guys sort of mixing around in there, it is hard to look at them and, and just narrow down, this guy is going to play 28. Because it doesn't appear that's going to be the case. So let's get a little bit more info. Who's the big loser? Is it DeSumo? Is it White? Does Beverly and Caruso really establish, establish themselves as 30-minute guys? Can they get to that level? I doubt it, but we want to see. And the Raptors, the massive question is, what the hell happens with Van Vliet back? Is it Ananobi that moves to the bench? Is it Trent? Is it Pirtle? I don't think so. And if they do move to the bench, OG or Trent, do they move to the bench in a 27-minute role? Or do they just play 33 and they play six guys? Do they play six guys like 35 minutes a night? And then Boucher... And it should play like 12 minutes each. That's distinctly possible. We want to see how that works, what it does to Trent, what it does to Ananobi, what it does to Pirtle. They're the major impact guys, I think. The next game we look at is the Wizards and the Hawks. There is no one currently listed out, although just as I'm recording this, Kristaps Porzingis has been listed as doubtful. So he's unlikely to play. Monte Morris is questionable. For the Hawks, they are clean injury-wise. No one on the injury report at this point. This could be the first game for Quinn Snyder coaching the Atlanta Hawks. For the Wizards, Daniel Gafford's an excellent guy to have. Porzingis not going to play. We have Gafford everywhere. Um, the other guy we want to watch is Delon Wright. Now, if Morris returns, Wright will likely move to the bench. But his last four games, 29, 29, 21, 28 minutes. And Morris missed one of those games only. So he's pushing up into big minutes. And... Porzingis being out, I think, does actually help him because it means fewer minutes for Kuzma at the three, meaning Kuzma plays more at the four, meaning more situations where Wright can play the one, the two, and the three as well. So I think he's a really strong ad. Avdi is an interesting one who really hasn't hit 30 minutes in five straight games, and he's definitely below Gafford to me in terms of priority guys that I want to add. He's more of a 14 must versus a 12-team must. For the Hawks, last game in Yekarokongwu played more minutes than Clint Capella. Capella was getting cooked early, but they went to a Kongu a lot. That's two straight games where he's played more than Capella. Now, one of them was foul trouble. One of them was bad play from Capella. But what does Quinn Snyder do? Does he go back to 28 minutes of Capella? 
Does a Kongwu take that job? I honestly have no idea. So a Kongwu, really good stuff, and the good minutes, encouraging minutes, but we need to see what happens. And then what happens to the Baptist, Johnny Collins, who was on a minutes restriction against the Nets, plays only 26 minutes. Is Sadiq Bay's presence going to keep Collins under 30 minutes a night? He shouldn't because Bay's much worse, but we'll see what Snyder does there. Because Collins can't shoot anymore. He's under 30% from three all season. And that might be something. We saw that the Jazz under Quinn Snyder played Boyan Bogdanovich at the four basically the entire time. A guy who can shoot. And Bay is iffy as a shooter. He's not Bogdanovich pretty clearly. But with the way Collins is shooting, he is a better option. So what Snyder does with John Collins is going to be something to pay attention to. If there's any change in the rotation between Collins and between Bay, a lot of people think that Snyder is going to rescue Collins. I think there's probably more of a risk of it going the other way, to be honest. But we will find out, won't we? Bucks and Nets is the next game we're going to take a look at. Um, Benny Simmons is out. Wes Matthews is out. But in good news, the big fella, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sorry, Basil. Giannis is um, probable. And hopefully that means he's going to play with that quad issue that caused him to leave last game early. What we want to watch for the Bucks is Bob Portis because he's two games back, 22 and 21 minutes. And if Giannis plays here, it could get even more iffy for him because Jay Crowder is there now and we're getting Portis getting all the backup four, all the backup five minutes. And if Crowder's going to get backup four minutes, does Portis just play 18 minutes behind Brook Lopez? That'll make him a drop. So we want to watch that to see what his minutes look like. Also, Chris Middleton, they do have the Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, the Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Middleton, I'm guessing, is going to play Tuesday because he's not on the injury report. But can we get this bloke to play more than 25 minutes? He's still being really good. But can he play some more minutes? Will he ever play more minutes until the playoffs? I, I'm honestly losing faith that he's going to hit 30 minutes the rest of the season. He can, but we're, not, we're like six weeks away from the end of the regular season. I'd like to see it happen. On the Nets, I want to see what happens with Cam Thomas. He played 29 minutes last game. He played 30 the game before that, which was a 44-point loss. I'm not really reading into the minutes too much there. But 29 last game as they went with a really short rotation and Seth Curry and Joe Harris combined for only 13 minutes. So is are they just going to run with that seven-man rotation, which is basically all they did? Seven guys playing regular minutes and two guys barely playing? Because that helps Thomas, obviously. And we know what he is. He's a points guy who gets some good free throw percentage. But are those minutes going to stick? And then Nick Claxton, who was really good, but still only played 30 minutes. And that was without any other center. No Dayron, no Yuda, no Ben Simmons. No one else played center. They just went small. Is that what's going to limit Claxton here? Let's watch his playing time. I think it is um, pretty important to see where he goes from there. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it is, we are, as we know, the best tasting protein bar ever. It tastes just like a candy bar, which, you know, when you're eating something that is healthy and good for you, which Built Bar is, high in protein, you want it to taste good. You don't want it to taste like an absolute chore to eat, which some protein bars can be. These things taste like candy bars with 130 calories and uh, 17 grams of, of sugar, uh, 17 grams of protein. Let me get my macros correct. You used to be able to get them straight off Built.com, and you still can. They're all still there, but you can go straight into a Walmart store now, go down to the pharmacy section, and there they are, bright. Spotlights all over them. Built Bars in cookies and cream flavor, coconut puff flavor, and double chocolate. And at Sam's Club, they've got 13 bar boxes, churros, and or churro flavor, and brownie batter flavor. So go to built.com, get your Built Bars, get jacked, but also go to Walmart and get jacked, or go to Sam's Club and get, you know what, jacked. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the Lakers and the Grizzlies. The Shannon Sharp Bowl is back on. The Grizzlies are five-point favorites here. Steve Adams is out. 
is practicing. He's doing some five-on-five work. They think he might be back by the end of their road trip or some point in their road trip. Their road trip starts Wednesday, and it goes for four games. So maybe Sunday, maybe next Tuesday. I thought there was a chance he could return on Wednesday, and I guess he still could. But it doesn't look that's like that's going to be the, the time he returns. Now, at this point, we don't have an update on the Lakers. LeBron was supposed to get some imaging on his ankle after he heard it on Sunday. And D'Angelo Russell missed Sunday's game. There's a chance both of those guys play Tuesday. But I think there's probably a larger chance that they sit one of they've got a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. So there's a pretty decent chance, I think, that LeBron or D'Angelo Russell sit uh, either one of those two games. So what we want to watch from the Lakers is Jared Vanderbilt Bar, who was obviously enormous in their comeback against the Mavs. He still only played 27 minutes, and he's likely going to stay, I think, in high 20s minutes. That's probably enough. Now, he's not going to be for everybody because he's a rebounds, a field goal percentage, and a steals guy. That's really useful, but it's not for everybody. He did score well last game. Don't rely on that. He's never going to be assist steals, sorry, an assists or threes guy, limited blocks, bad free throws. There's going to be restrictions there, but his role ahead of like a Rui Hachimura, where he's you know, clearly better, um, and they've established that and they've figured that out. So we know that that's pretty positive in terms of minutes for Vanderbilt. We want to watch Dennis Schroeder as well, who, if D'Angelo Russell is out, is a streaming option, but if Russell plays, then he's not. And I think that's pretty straightforward. We've seen that a lot. For the Grizzlies, what do they do at center? Is the matchup of Anthony Davis a Brandon Clark matchup? Is it an Xavier T. Illman matchup? Is it the opposite of whatever we think? Because there's no rhyme or reason towards Taylor Jenkins' rotation. So you're just as much in the up in the air as I am. They have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. Um, I would think that Clark probably plays more on Wednesday against the Rockets. You can stream either Tillman or Clark, but honestly, trying to guess it is actually impossible. There's no way of being able to know how that works. And you can say, well, it was obvious, Josh. Tillman started against Jokic. Yeah, that's why he didn't start against Embiid. Okay, there's just no logic behind it. And we can sit here and overanalyze it, but it is not worth the effort. I also watched Luke Kennard because he played 25 minutes last game, which I know it was a blowout win. There's more minutes than Dylan Brooks played. Now, some might say that Dylan Brooks provides a good defense and they'd be right. But does he take more off the table with his horrendous, horrendous offensive play that shows no self-awareness or potential chance of changing? I don't know. Kennard's ability to be a 40, literally 45% three-point shooter could be really good with Bain out there as well and Ja Morant driving and kicking. We'll see how they use Kennard in comparison to Dylan Brooks. I'm not holding my breath thinking he's going to play more than him, but it was just interesting to see those minutes come for Luke Kennard last game. The next game we take a look at is the Nuggets and the Rockets. The Nuggets are 10-point favorites here. We know that Colin Gillespie is going to be out for them with that broken leg. I wonder if he ever plays a game this season. Zeke Nagy has been ruled out. They just won't give us any sort of timeline on Zeke as Obi tries to come up. There he is, the big fella. Um, they won't give us any timeline on Zeke, but that doesn't matter because he's out of the rotation of Vlako Chanchar. He's yeah, pretty, ta- pretty much taken that spot. Um, Jamal Murray is officially listed as questionable with a back injury. He played through that in that overtime game against the Clippers, um, but he's officially questionable now. While Aaron Gordon is probable with that rib issue. Um, on the other side of things for the Rockets, we don't have an official designation, but there is a chance that Kevin Porter and Jalen Green could return. They also, like so many teams, have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back. Where are you going, Obi? So I would guess that if Green or Porter both do return on Tuesday, then that they won't play on Wednesday or you know, they sit Tuesday and play Wednesday. So I'd say they're going to be back. Whether they're back in this game or not remains to be seen. For the Nuggets, I do want to watch Aaron Gordon. They only have a two-game week here, Denver. This is game one of it. And Gordon wasn't very good in that first game back. He's actually been struggling a little bit over the last, say, three to four weeks. And with two games, and if you're in the playoffs, I don't think that he's worth holding. 
So let's see what he is able to produce for us and where we sit with his value. I also want to watch Bruce Brown, who, again, with a two-game week, is not worth having. But if you do still have him on your roster and you haven't made the move yet, you don't drop him when there's a game coming up here. Especially if, like, Jamal Murray does sit. That could make Reggie Jackson an interesting stream. For the Rockets, what we do want to watch is the delicate dancer, Alpren Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Because Shangun has been benched in the last couple of games for defensive purposes. Now, I've got no problem in saying that Shangun's got a lot of defensive stuff to work on, but you know who else is a dreadful defender? Jalen Green. You know who else is a horrendous shooter? Jabari Smith. Do they ever get benched for those reasons? No, they don't. And that's what doesn't make any sense. Jalen Green is a horrifically bad defender. And there's never once that he'll be benched because of defense. And that's the inconsistency there. I've, I don't, I'm not calling for him to be benched or for Jabari Smith to be benched. Um, I'm just thinking they, they need to play and try and work through these things. But the, the stuff that's happening with Shingun is pretty frustrating at the moment. I, the positive I'll say is there's no way Silas is coaching this team next season. But it is frustrating at the moment. I also want to watch Tari Tank season because he played 28 minutes last game. Now again, first half he played 8 minutes, which is shocking. But then he played 20 second half minutes. Now, Jason Tate was in foul trouble. Shengun was benched for injury stuff. So we got some weird stuff happening with that rotation. And I find it really hard to see Eason playing 26 minutes if Green and Porter play, or even if they don't, because that literally hadn't been the pattern. But we want to find out where he goes. It's very hard to leave him on the wire when we saw 28 minutes, because if that is real, then the value is amazing for him. But I just don't think that we should be trusting that at all. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You go on, you create the job, really simple, over on LinkedIn Jobs. And then you go onto your profile and you add the hashtag purple hiring, or the purple hashtag hiring frame. And that lets people know that you are hiring. The simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. When I was back in my former life, um, you know, reincarnation, all that sort of stuff. When I was doing hiring, I would love to have something that made it so simple to sift through all of the applications that we got to find the person who would have fit perfectly to what I was after. And LinkedIn Jobs is ranked number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next game we look at is the Kings and the Thunder. There's no spread available for this game at this point because we don't know the status of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And that's obviously a big one. We know Poku's going to be out. We know that the Kings, as per usual, have nobody injured. But Shea is the big story here. I want to watch Keegan Murray, whose last game was really, really good. He produced more than, than just points and threes. He was able to get good volume in. And he looks a little bit better. Now, I'm not holding my breath that it's going to stick, but he looked really good. And that's obviously an encouraging thing. I also want to watch Malik Monk because we're seeing him really cut into Fanta Pants' minutes, Kevin Herter. Now, Monk did only play 20 minutes last game against the Thunder, but Herter also only played 20, and Monk played 34 to Herter's 18 the game before, and he's producing 12-team league value at the moment. And I think he's worth having and worth adding over a Kevin Herter, but we want to see how that dynamic plays out. For the Thunder, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Joe is the guy to look for if Shea is out. He's going to be a big scoring guy, a big threes guy. It might not pan out. They might do some weird benching stuff, but he's the guy that I trust over like a Trey man, pretty obviously. It also helps Lou Dort's value. I also want to clearly watch Pig Williams, who was really 
trucking along nicely and then played 13 minutes. And that's the problem with this team is you have him, you have Robinson Earl, you have Sharich, you have Kenrich Williams, you have Aaron Wiggins, you have Lindy Waters getting minutes out of nowhere. That it's hard to put any trust in these guys. So could Pig Williams be a stream option? Sure. Could we get, I thought we were maybe getting some consistency, but obviously not. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start again and see the minutes push up, but I'm also not going to hold my breath on it. Paces Mavs. That's the next one. Dallas is six and a half point favorites. Davis Bertans is out. Maxi Kleber is questionable. That's huge. What Kleber does to Wood and to Powell and to Bullock will be very, very intriguing. On the Paces, I want to watch um, Jalen Smith. Because absolutely out of nowhere, he came in, played 20 minutes last game, blocked three shots as the backup center over Daniel Tice. Reasons? I got no idea. No, no understanding whatsoever. I don't know when we're going to see Isaiah Jackson play. Is this the end of Daniel Tice as the backup center? I don't know. But I want to watch it. Because if someone can establish themselves there between Smith and Jackson, then if Turner gets hurt, there is real value there. But at this point, we're just getting dicked over by Rick Carlisle basically every day. Jordan War is another interesting guy. They traded for him. And I said, yep, you're the guy that we want to develop now. All right, cool. So he's getting minutes off the bench ahead of Duarte, ahead of Brissett. He can play like the three. He can play the four at times. He's a good rebounder. That's a deep league situation. But the fact that he comes straight in and gets minutes over these other guys that they allegedly like, like Duarte, is very interesting. So let's see where that goes. For the Mavs, I don't think there's any reason for you to hold Josh Green in 10 or 12 team leagues, maybe even 14 team leagues. He was benched last game and they started Justin Holiday and Reggie Bullock over him. Another one of these situations where buyouts are ridiculous. There are now four buyout players starting on teams who are either playoff teams or in the mix, fighting for the playoffs. And there are plenty of others in the rotation. And I know you say, well, what else are they supposed to do? The rules need to be changed so that teams that have these guys, like Justin Holiday, who traded the Rockets, you know, traded for him, there's got to be some way that they get compensation for that. What did it benefit Houston to take Justin Holiday? Did they get some? They probably got some picks in it. But like all of these situations are so weird to me. Like, why would these good teams trade for players who could help them when they know that they're just going to get bought out and they get them for free anyway? Like, what's the point of giving up assets which would help? I guess, balance things out a little bit, help worse teams build things for the future, even if it is a second round pick or two seconds or whatever it is, it helps versus like, why would I, I'm not going to trade. You're just going to cut him anyway. And that's, yeah, four guys. Love, Beverly, Westbrook, and Holiday are all starting now after getting bought out. I hate it. Holiday becomes a deeper league stream with his steals ability, with his threes ability, and him cutting into Hardaway and Bullock and, and Green is an interesting development there in uh, Dallas for sure. The Spurs and the Jazz, Utah are 10-point favorites here. At this stage, Devin Vassell is out for San Antonio. I don't expect that to change, but there's also Trey Jones, Romeo Langford, Isaiah Roby, and Ken Birch. I don't really care about Roby or Birch, but Jones and Langford I do because those guys' absences open things up for Malachi Branham and open things up for Devontae Graham if they happen to be out. So let's watch Branham, who played 31 minutes last game. He was a little bit worse than he had been in previous games. He's still worth streaming for now, but overall, I don't think he's going to maintain a 12-team league value. And Jeremy Sohan came back after his first game back after a back issue. That's a lot of me saying back. Zohan now! And was really strong. He's going to be up and down. He's not really generating enough defensive stats for me to get super excited about him. But for now, yeah, he is worth grabbing. For Utah, Colin Sexton's the injury one we need to pay attention to. They said he'd be out two games. He's missed two games. This makes it now almost two weeks since his hamstring injury occurred on the 15th of February. Is he ready to go in this game against the Spurs? Because if he's not, 
what happens with Taylor Horton Tucker and Chris Dunn? Horton Tucker played 24 minutes last game. Dunn played 23. Now, Horton Tucker had three fouls in the game's first eight minutes, so that limited him, but Dunn also outplayed him. I still think they'll go with Horton Tucker over Dunn, but both guys become the streaming radar guys if Sexton is out. But if Sexton plays, does that just mean Dunn's gone? Dunn? Probably. It means Dunn's done, and I didn't actually mean that, but there you go. Wolves Clippers. The Clippers are seven-point favorites here. Towns will be out. Prince will be out. We don't know about the big fella in the middle, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. He's questionable with an illness. Obviously, if he's out, we stream in the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed. And then Jalen Noel is questionable with a knee issue. Um, not that he's going to play a big part anyway. And for the Clippers, I'm just going to I'm going to assume that if it's Zubats is out. He's got a calf strain. We haven't had an update. I, I just don't think that he's going to play. They, they play Tuesday, and then they've got a Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. I reckon he probably sits Tuesday, Thursday with a comeback Friday, but we'll see. For the Wolves, we do want to watch Nas Reed because, yes, he was great last game without Gobert, but the game before that, he was also pretty good in 18 minutes. Played across a little bit over with Gobert, which is something to watch because yeah, he is at least a stream option, but if he played 20, he'd be more than that. I don't think he will, though. I also do want to watch Goose, Anthony Edwards. Because he's playing a ton of minutes. He's complaining, sort of complaining, not really complaining about getting double teamed. And the shots just didn't go in last game. Now, he's got an ability to contribute in so many different areas. He's been really good. But can we get the efficiency back on track? How is he going to cope with that extra attention that's coming his way? On the Clippers side of things, I want to see what they do with minutes. Norman Powell, Russell Westbrook, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris. Every game, Ty Lue is going to come in the press conference and go, yeah, I should have played him more. How do they settle in? Well, one thing they can do is not play 33 minutes of Marcus Morris. Honestly, one of the worst starters in the entire NBA who never seems to lose that starting spot. But how like, Powell played 16 minutes. He played 31 the game before that. This is going to be a mess all season. I feel like the only reliable guys on this team are Zubats and George. I'm not, no, sorry, not George. Uh, not Zubats. Kawhi and George. I don't think we can rely upon Westbrook, Mann, Zubats, Plumley, Powell, Gordon, Batum. I don't think you can rely upon any of them in 12-team leagues. And even if we get another 17 minutes of Norm Powell in this game, I, does that mean it's going to stick every game? I think it's going to be so much back and forward with this team that it's going to make them all fringe guys. Westbrook is more of a hold because we saw last game in 25 minutes, he racked up big numbers. But I also think that's absolute top-end level for Westbrook with 60% shooting and five steals, which we know is not realistic moving forward. Blazers Warriors. That's the next game, and that's actually the last game of the day. The Warriors are three-point favorites in this one. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been ruled out for personal reasons. I'm going to assume that he probably doesn't play both Thursday and Friday as well. Draymond Green, they were really worried. He had a setback. He's going to have an MRI, and now he's upgraded to probable. So he's not missing any time, it looks like. He, well, sorry, he missed one game, but it looks like he's ready to go. Steph will miss as well. Well, for the Blazers, Winslow, Simons, Nurkic are all going to be out. Gary Payton also out for the Warriors. So what we want to watch on the Blazers, do they stick with Cam Reddish? They almost definitely do. What happens with Ryan Archer-Jackano, who missed last game? Is he going to be the backup? Uh, and where does it, what does that mean for Shaden Sharp's minutes, who played only 13 minutes in another baffling Chauncey Billups coaching decision? Reddish is a points and threes guy. No, he's not. You know, he's a threes and steals guy. And then there's Stiebel, who's a steals and blocks guy. And they're going to get a big opportunity for big minutes once again. And that has value in the right situation. I don't think either of them are must for points. 
But in category leagues, there's a little bit of appeal here. For the Warriors, Draymond is back. What does that mean for Kavon Looney, who's been getting tons of rebounds? With Will they go with Green and Looney together? Will they go Green at center and Kaminga starting? That's what we need to pay attention to. I think Dante DiVincenzo is going to start, and he's been great. And with these absences of Wiggins and Curry, he remains a 12-team league player. But what happens with Looney and Kaminga in that front court with Draymond is something to watch. Something I think it's important for us to watch that. Back-to-backs. There's a lot of Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-backs. These are some guys that are available in at least 40% of leagues. If you add them and if you've got spots on Tuesday, you get the double Tuesday, Wednesday. Brandon Clark, Drew Eubanks, Matisse Thibel, Alex Caruso, Cam Reddish, KJ Martin, Xavier T. Illman, and Tari Tank Season. For category leagues, streaming in for Tuesday, these guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. Kyle Anderson, what are we doing? Why is he still available? Add him everywhere. Matisse Thibel, Probably should be added everywhere, especially for... But really, he is a steals guy. Be careful of that. DeLon Wright. Yes, I think he's worth it. Taylor Horton Tucker. Iffy. But if Sexton is out, we're definitely adding him. Drew Eubanks. He's not going to wow us, but blocks, field goal percentage, and rebounds. He brings that. Malik Monk. I think he's worth it. DiVincenzo. Definitely worth it. And Caruso, very much like Thibault, is not a, a steals guy, but he can also add some assists in, and now he's a starter. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% of leagues. Um, Tillman's an option. Neesmith, it's always iffy, but in deeper leagues, yeah, let's go for it. Nico Batum, he could actually sniff into 14-team league value here. The Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, Dwight Powell, Grayson Allen, Austin Reeves, and Johnny Kaminga all have some deep league appeal. Kaminga's value is hurt a little bit by Draymond coming back, but we'll see how that goes. And then for points leagues, these guys all available in 40% plus. Zach Collins, what are you doing? Add him. Taylor Horton Tucker, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, the cockroach Mason Plumley because Zubats is likely out. KJ Martin, must roster, Malik Monk, and Cam Thomas. If you want to look at the next four days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there are two low volume days there, Wednesday, Thursday. And there's only one team that plays the low volume games there. And that is the Sixers. So there's only one team where you get two low volume days over the next four days. So Melton, you might want to drop him. Sure, I get it, but two low volume days. Maxi, McDaniels, Tucker, Reed, all these guys, they are dropped in some spots. The value of them is up here. The next four days in general, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tuesday and Friday are both 10 game days. So you might be out of stream, you might not. But these are some guys that I think just need to be rostered. They're top 100 guys on a per game basis. Zach Collins. Kyle Anderson, Josh Richardson. They all have two games over the next four nights. Matisse Thibel, Brandon Clark, Drew Eubanks have three games over the next four nights. So great value for those guys. And then there's DeLon Wright with two games too. And then Alex Caruso also sneaks in with his little bit of volume. The three games over the next four nights makes him a top 100 play in that time frame. Now, as I said, there are quite a few teams that play three games in the next four nights. Lots of them. The Lakers, the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Thunder, the Bulls, the Warriors, and the Nets. All of those teams have three games in the next four nights, and you can take advantage of that to um, boost your value in fantasy basketball. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.